Well, each of our 10 provinces has a lieutenant governor representing the crown at the provincial level. They are the legal head of state, and it is the highest ranking position in the provincial government, although the duties are largely about ceremony and community, as you probably well know in your province. Um, there are constitutional duties as well, the swearing in of the provincial government's executive council, the premier and cabinet, opening each session of the provincial legislative assembly and providing royal assent to provincial bills. And in the case of my next guest, as it is, I gather, with many lieutenant governors, it has also meant a visit to Buckingham Palace to meet the Queen. And in his case, also hosting Prince Charles and Camilla, as they were known then, on a visit to BC in 2009. Stephen Point became BC's first Indigenous Lieutenant Governor in 2007. He served until 2012, as is custom, a five-year term. Previous to that, he was the former Grand Chief of the Stulo Tribal Council, and he is now the Chancellor of the University of British Columbia. And he joins me now. Thanks for your time. Uh, you're welcome. Nice to be with you. I guess just your initial reaction to word that the Queen had passed. I know it's she's someone you'd met, uh, someone you'd been to, been to Buckingham Palace. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard that she had passed away? Well, I wasn't uh, surprised. Of course, we knew that she wasn't uh, feeling well. And she's 96 years old, uh, after all. And, um, you know, I was just in England uh, just in August. And, and I think that most people felt that she... She was going to uh, stay in office until she passed. And so it's, of course, sad to hear the news that you hear about anybody passing. But Her Majesty, when she passed, I think uh, it was a sad moment and uh, gave uh, everyone a, uh, a bit of a pause to, to reflect on the time that she was in office as, as the sovereign. 70 years is a long time, and she's, she's done a tremendous job, of course. Yeah, you must have had memories of when you went, speaking of being in London, when you traveled to Buckingham Palace uh, as the new Lieutenant Governor of British Columbia and uh, met her, I gather. What was that like? Well, it's very uh, uh, daunting, actually. Um, they um, bring you to the palace in, a, in a, a, a limousine. And then, of course, they brief you before you go in. You can't touch her. You can't um, raise political questions with her. And you can't approach her unless she approaches you. There's also protocol around being around the queen. And uh, so it was, of course, very exciting. Gwen and my wife and I went and uh, we had 15 minutes with her and had our photograph taken with her and chatted with her for that time. So she's a very, very warm and gracious, uh, dignified uh, person, of course, as the queen. And and uh, I was uh, surprised at how down to earth she was. Uh, uh, we she talked about the role of lieutenant governor. She gave us advice. Even she said, "Don't let them work you too hard." She said. <laughs> I remember she talked about the paintings on the wall that her dad had purchased in Venice, and she talked about the room that we were in, and so it was a very memorable moment for us when we had a chance to meet with her. She's such a uh, an amazing, gracious woman. Yeah, I, I I gather she told you not to work on Sundays. That was her, her or she didn't like to work on Sundays. <laughs> That's right. That's one of the advice she gives. She said, they try to make me work on Sunday, but I don't like to work on Sundays. She says, don't let them do that to you. <laughs> but obviously she had a great respect for the role that you were taking on as Lieutenant Governor. Yes, of course. Um, you know, as as uh, as Lieutenant Governor, um, the, the province, of course, uh, governmental structure they can't pass laws unless the crown consents 
So the role of the, the left-hand government as a representative of the Queen is quite uh, important, although it's not very well known in, in uh, Canadian political circles. But uh, uh, certainly the Queen uh, serving as the sovereign of, of both uh, Britain and throughout the 35-country Commonwealth, and then of course the sovereign of Canada, she understood the role quite well and she understood what we were getting involved in. Um, given given your background, uh, both as uh, Grand Chief of the Stillo Tribal Council and so on, what were your what were your memories of the Queen uh, growing up, and what 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 did she represent? Because uh, I know it's been a relationship that's both that's both there, but also complicated. Well, it is complicated. You know, I don't, I don't think Canadians generally have a personal relationship with the Queen, other than those who fought in the, the Second World War. Uh, the veterans, of course, when you talk to them, have a have a high and, and strong relationship with the crown. Indigenous people have a relationship through the, um, the the notion, of course, that the queen was the mother and that she was um, there to look after the First Nations and that the First Nations had a relationship with the treaty-making process with the crown. So um, growing up and learning about uh, my role as a chief, we'd heard these stories when the queen came and when the chiefs donned their blankets to meet the queen. And and so it was almost like mythology uh, when, when you hear these stories from the older chiefs. But then to actually have a chance to meet her, the queen, was that was an amazing moment. Now, uh, speaking of, of monarchs, uh, you've met the new king as well. In fact, uh, you spent some time with him when he uh, he was here. Yes, uh, Charles and Camille came to the house. So we had dinner with them. Um, uh, Gordon Campbell was the premier at the time. And a number of us chiefs were in the room at the time. And we actually blanketed uh, Charles and Camilla. And I gave Charles a... Uh, a carved staff from one of our carvers at Kwantlen First Nation. And and uh, we got to chat with him and get to know him a little bit. He's an amazing man as well. Very concerned about our environment. Uh, very dignified individual. And uh, uh, I really got to uh, uh, know him very briefly, but I really enjoyed my time with him. Yeah, he's always seemed to be someone who has who does have um, things that he cares about, and he, he he's inquisitive as well. I gather. Well, he he's uh, incredibly well briefed. You know, when the when the monarch and when the when the the royal family travel, they 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 get very well briefed as to where they're going and who they're going to meet, and so uh, it's it's a daunting task being in the public eye twenty four hours a day. I remember chatting with Edward one time when we were flying in a helicopter. And he, and I asked him uh, that very question: What's it like being the being a, in the member of the royal family, constantly uh, under the pressure of the public eye? And he said he didn't know any other lifestyle. He said this is what my life has been like. And he said uh, he said uh, I, I I don't have anything to compare it with because I've always been a member of the royal family. So. Interesting. I mean, obviously, you had a taste, too, of what it's like to be in a ceremonial position and to do a lot of those openings, to meet people and so on. Uh, did you ever take inspiration from sort of how the Queen did her job as well? Well, we're always, uh, whenever you enter into this role as representative of the Crown, you you are briefed. And uh, the model that we follow, of course, is, is the example that she set. Um, the Crown uh, in England, of course, in Canada, is uh, uh, a position that 
uh, although they uh, are the sovereign, they do not govern. Um, and um, uh, so the, the moral example that, that is set is very high. You have to uh, uh, set a high example in your behavior and, and the things that you do. And yes, we, uh, uh, the example that was always given to us when, when we were introduced to the role as left-hand governor is, is the, the, the model that she was setting. Right, that sort of idea of, of staying above the fray, I guess, or and 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 you know, you are being seen to be to be neutral, and and all those things that are so important. That's ex- exactly right. As allowing allowing the government to to do their job, and the government, the elected officials, to carry out the de- democracy that the country is really about, uh, but also being that uh, that back background. Um, uh, foundation for the government as a parliamentary monarch. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very specific role, one that uh, isn't easily understood, but certainly one that um, uh, she's uh, set up an excellent example for those, those uh, others involved in being a representative of the crown. I know you were involved in a pretty special project that probably gives a, a, a nice idea of how British Columbians and Canadians in general felt about the Queen uh, for her Diamond Jubilee. What was that about? Every once in a while, of course, the, the Queen gets to um, uh, mark uh, um, milestones in her service as the monarch. And one of the milestones was, of course, her Diamond Jubilee. And uh, I was approached by committee members in the province who were engaged in establishing celebrations, uh, sending uh, congratulatory remarks and videos to her. And so they asked me if I had any comments. And so I I said, certainly I'd contribute to to the celebration. And I was honored to do so. Uh, I did a short interview, a video that was presented and uh, just commented on her years of service, of course, and and, uh, the position that the monarch has in Canada as a sovereign of Canada. And so uh, it was both informational and congratulatory kind of uh, uh, celebration. Did you get a sense from that project uh, what what the rest of British, what British Columbians in general felt about her long service and and uh, and, and and how that was expressed to her and, and the importance of, of letting her know that? Well, the uh, the committee, of course, that was struck. Um, uh, they, of course, carry those strong feelings about the the role that she's played. I, I'm not so sure that generally uh, Canadians or British Columbians have a sense of of the role of the monarch. Um, it's not something that's it, it, it present in in British Columbia and in Canada as much as it is as the role is in in Britain itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the outpouring of grief and 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 uh, and honoring of Her Majesty at Buckingham Palace on the news, and, and um, I, I don't think we'll see that sort of uh, outpouring here in British Columbia. I think that people are aware of the Queen; they certainly are, are aware of the role that she's played. But um, uh, I, I dare say, I, I don't think she enjoyed the same relationship as she has with, uh, uh, you know fellow Britons, people from, from England. Uh, it's, it's probably just the distance and, and, uh, and the fact that she's been here 22 times. Uh, but um, um, those of us uh, that have been sort of growing up since the Second World War, the 50s and 60s, uh, we just haven't enjoyed that same relationship.
Yeah, I mean, she's the only queen both you and I have ever known, or the only monarch both you and I have ever known until yesterday. So that was, uh, that was. Any, any final memories just of, about uh, about her? You know, you've spoken to her, you've met her, uh, you met the current king. Uh, you know, when we look at the future of the monarchy and so on, what are your feelings about where it goes from here and the importance of it? Uh, as you've mentioned, it, it is sometimes a not fully understood role, uh, mm-hmm. often seen as ceremonial. But what do you see as the benefit and maybe some of the debates we should be having now? Well, I, I know that that Canadians from time to time have barked upon whether or not this relationship with the monarch should continue, even whether we should have a Senate in Canada. And I think it's healthy dialogue. I think that the Canadians need to, from time to time, look at our government structure and ask us ask that, those questions. Um, I, I've studied the monarch. I've written papers on this issue, uh, and and um, I've come to the conclusion that. Uh, although the American system, which is a republic, is is uh, highly democratic, um, I, I see the value also of having the monarch in Canada, uh, particularly in times of political turmoil. Um, there are times when the prime minister or the premiers uh, need to be brought in line somehow, and the only way they can do that is through the monarch. So uh, the monarch is being uh, uh, often expressed as uh, as a as a fire truck that puts out fires, right? <laughs> Only parked until you need it sort of thing. And I can see the value in that. And But uh, I, uh, whenever I traveled as a left-hand governor, I tried to explain the role of the monarchy and the role of, of the left-hand governor. Um, and I, I just knew that a lot of people, of course, didn't understand it. They didn't. Uh, it was the first time they heard people ask me what my job was. And um, The other important part in in my view, for the monarchy in, in Canada, I don't know if a lot of people understand that when King George passed, uh, King Kaminlet, First Nation on the West Coast, actually carved a pole in honor of his passing. First Nations in Canada have always maintained a, a particular uh, linkage to the crown because of the treaty-making process and the understanding that, that we as sovereign nations actually had a relationship with the sovereign of Canada. So... Um, I think that's the sort of dialogue that probably needs to be brought out as well and continued. And uh, uh, as Canadians, I mean, I'm proud to be part of the country, proud to be a First Nations heritage. uh, But I, I think it's also useful for us to better understand how we're governed. Yeah. And King Charles obviously is aware of the whole process of reconciliation as well. Oh, yes. Uh, King Charles uh, uh, has has been to British Columbia now, and he's met the First Nations leadership here. Um, he's been briefed very well on 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 the the issues surrounding First Nations uh, uh, rights and obligations and their position in the Constitution. So, yeah, I would think that uh, as he's stepping into the role, he he's going to he's not going to be a newcomer to these issues. And uh, I think he's going to be very approachable by First Nations. Stephen Point, thank you so much for your insight tonight. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me on.